solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 16 A Very Frosty Christmas Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this is, this is Potterwatch. It's chapter 16. 16. A very frosty Christmas. Which I have to say, I think is a very cute name. I do too. I think it's very clever. I think it works. This is like, we're basically at the halfway point because I think there's 30 chapters in this yeah. uh, book. Yeah, so we're we're halfway, y'all. Over halfway. Yeah. Wowzy wowzy. Kind of wild. This is like, we only have one book left after this. I know, I was thinking about that when I was like, like I, I guess like last episode we're like yes, drop us a review, and I'm like we're almost done the books. <laughs> oh no! I'd rather not think about it. That's fair. Same. Well, luckily we have cursed child. God bless. <laughs> to get us through. <laughs> yeah, to get a, to really get us through. Okay, I was looking at my bookshelf. Cursed Child and A Casual Vacancy are a similar yellow, and they're right next to each other on my bookshelf. So I was like, why do I have two copies of the Cursed Child? And then I was like, oh, it's A Casual Vacancy. Because it was just too good. <laughs> Had to buy it twice, just like Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I do regret buying the cursed child shirt I don't think I bought a shirt I always buy a shirt I think I'm gonna crop it because I have two now because the family that I nanny for also got me a cursed child shirt where they were in New York as like a sweet it was like very sweet of them mm -hmm. and they got me a little Gryffindor lanyard but um I think I might crop one of them and I'll like it more I don't like the fit of it I don't think it's like a comfortable shirt enough yeah it's not a comfortable enough material to sleep in and then it's unflattering when you wear it like like it's bulky and weird right. it's a theater shirt <laughs> right I did think it was a good title but I feel good about both my title and my haiku actually even though I just oh. like threw it together I'm ready give give us I just felt like this was a really ripe chapter it was ripe. Um, okay, so my rename, do you want me to do both? Yeah. Okay, my rename is Dumbledore's Man, and that could be multiple people. My Look, brain that's goes a line from the book. My brain goes to a place, but yes, I think that is a good... Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Dumbledore's man? I mean That's what he says. You're Dumbledore's man through and through. I I, I know. Anyway. No, it's also good. Snape and No, yeah, it's a good title for this chapter. A little bit loopy. Okay. 
Um, and then my haiku, has Snape's fate been sealed? Who to trust? Wounds not yet healed. True colors Ooh. revealed. Molly, that's a great haiku. I felt really fun about it. No, that's so good. It's, it's juicy. It's juicy. It's accurate. Wait, could you do it again? Because I think I talked over it a little bit. <clears throat> Has Snape's fate been sealed? Who to trust? Wounds not yet healed. True colors revealed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I dig it. There's even a comma in there. Oh, and a question we, mark. We need punctuation? Oh, shoot. Um, my rename. Um, I had a theme. Sure. Mm-hmm. So my rename is The Prodigal Son Betrays. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then my haiku is back at the burrow with Forge, Lupin, Flynn, and Percy the Zero. <laughs> you got him. That's, that's what um, I had to say. It doesn't at all summarize the chapter. Well, you covered an important element. But my feelings are in the haiku. I'm actually, I do come a little bit to Percy's defense in this chapter. I'll talk about when we get to it. I'm not like in defense, but. Wow, 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 wow. I just had to take that all in because for me, for my me, this is the worst thing that Percy does. Yeah, and I think because we talk about it so much, I like can't I was like already prepared to think that way. So like maybe I was just like open to like seeing something different this time. I don't know. But we've talked about this scene a lot. I do think it like is worse in the next chapter where Percy is concerned, right? Or did they leave at the end of this chapter? I thought they leave with them like throwing food at him. Right. Isn't that at the end? Is that the end of this chapter? I How thought did I miss so. that? Let me just double check. Oh, they, I mean, they definitely leave at the end of this one, but they mention the food throwing at the very beginning of the next chapter. Right. So we just have when the reaction makes me angrier. So, like, I just, ah! <laughs> Molly, no, it's okay. We have some time before we get there. Let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. Very also, like, I don't want you to think anything less of me. I just brought up a thing, uh, one thing. No promises. We'll wait to hear what that thing is. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to think less of you. I just might cry. Out of anger. Um, I've mentioned this scene also before. Pretty ducked up a forge to try and do an unbreakable vow on Ronald. Right! Like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
my note is like, okay, dash, let's not do an unbreakable vow on our sibling. I mean, I don't think they had strong enough magic. Like, I think that an underage child wouldn't be able to complete that spell. But um, that they even tried to do it is rough. Not good. I kind of get why Rod may have thrown a knife at them. Bad form, Forge. Not good. Um, uh, so I just want to be clear about this chapter in that Harry's sass is on on top bar level, okay? He is really really on point and I just have a lot of notes that are just Harry quotes like they don't have a response it's not like anything but the quote this is not a Harry quote this is a forge quote but I just wanted to preface that he's really amped up in this chapter amped um forge how did she sustain brain damage hilarious in reference, in reference to, to lavender and ron because they're like oh we hear you're you uh have something to say about um a girl named lavender brown or something like that and then they're like but we do wonder how she sustained her brain damage that she would i love that jenny like tells them kind of in response to ron always yeah, telling, telling them it actually made me feel a little bit better about Ron, like, telling Fred and George about Jenny's relationship. It just, it felt very sibling, like, I'm going to tell, you know, this sibling about yeah, your Yeah, I didn't mind that Ron told Fred and George about Jenny's relationship. I minded the way... Oh, yeah. Ron and Fred and George were, like, slut-shaming her. Right, right, right. I just, I think we were, like, mind your business, Ron, probably, yeah, when we... Probably when we said it but I I just I like that it's back and forth I guess that part um my next note is I would die if Fred and George flirted with me (laughs) give me a magic trick (laughs) yeah show me a magic card trick I would die I would die where I was standing they're going into the village to flirt with this sweet muggle woman and do card tricks I love whatever their line is um, or how Jim says it. Like, they just think my card tricks are simply marvelous, almost like magic. <laughs> like magic. My next note is just like, poor Hermione must have had a very lonely Christmas. Having to spend time with her family. I was like, good. I'm glad she's with her family. I know. I was being sarcastic. Um, I thought it was so... I've Ever since... Maybe not as a child, but like... From early on reading this book, I've always peeped this line about Fleur having to bunk with Ginny. And I think it's so weird that it's included and that Fleur and Bill aren't allowed to have a room together, even though they're adults. I think it's funny, too. And I love it. Where did she, didn't they room together uh, in the summer, too? 
I don't think so. I think she was probably with Jenny. Oh, no, because she was with uh, Hermione. And I don't think Bill was staying at the house. I think Fleur was, like, staying with them while he was, like, on a thing or Gringotts stuff. Okay. Um, But I don't... I don't know if Bill's been, like, staying with his parents since he's came back to, like, be in the order and stuff, or? I have no idea. He seems to be at the house, though, so. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I know he's, like, in the UK again. Like, he's no longer in Egypt, but I don't know, like, does he have his own place? Do him and Fleur not, um have entanglements or I'm sure they figure it out they figure a way but like do you think they live together or are they just living at his parents house I very befuddled I don't know if they live together but they're definitely there for the holidays yeah for sure so I think yeah maybe he probably has his own place maybe I doubt they live together, though, if they can't, like, share a room at the borough. I think that's funny, though. If they but, do live together and then they share a room at the borough, or maybe she has her own apartment and he has his own apartment and they're just back for the holidays. My question is, are they waiting till marriage? I would hope not. I kind of feel like Bill wouldn't, like, if if they were waiting not waiting till marriage if they had already had sex and like he would have been like no we're we're gonna be in a room together like I don't think that Bill and Fleur are waiting until marriage Fleur was ready to get it on with Roger Davies in the bushes at the Yule Ball look I don't know I'm asking cues this is the 90s I am I think that's a Mrs. Weasley thing now, like, I, it totally checks out that Molly is, like, you're, for sure. married, you're not staying in the same room at my house. For sure. But I also would anticipate Bill pushing back on it because Bill, like, does push back on, like, the earring and, like, the all that stuff. Yeah, but it's just, like, that's different. Like, that's her house. Like, the earring is on his body. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just have some cues and... I would like to know because it doesn't seem like they moved to Shell Cottage until they get married. Yeah, I don't think they moved to Shell until they're married. I could see Bill being a little traditional, I guess. I don't know enough about him. I just, I don't think Fleur seems that traditional. Fleur does not. <laughs> um, I've never thought about it until now, so I don't know. But I think it's funny. I think it's just to put Ginny and Fleur together. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it also feels like Mrs. Weasley, too, but. Um, We're not there yet, but I forgot to make a note. I think that, too, because, um, side note, in the fan fiction I'm writing right now, Ginny, it's like after post-Harry and Ginny have broken up. So Jenny has to go live with Bill and Fleur and she's like complaining about (laughs) because she's like, oh, I have to leave. I have to live with Fleur again. Again. Um, 
No, I was just going to say, I forgot to make a note about it in this chapter, but um, I thought it was really fucked up that Molly didn't make Fleur a sweater. Yeah. And she was, was the only that was, one. That was ducked up. Because Harry got one. Harry got one, like, his first year. <laughs> rude. It was rude. really rude. Rude, Molly. I just forgot to make a note about it. I know it's later in the chapter. Okay, I'm at, like, this whole Malfoy Snape business. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I just have a note that says, I want my ringtone to be Jim Dale singing a cauldron full of hot, strong love. But it's, like, in Molly Weasley's <laughs> yeah. voice. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, come and stir my cauldron, and if you do it right, I'll boil you up some hot, strong love to keep you warm tonight. Fleur has no tact here, though. Like, don't, don't be an asshole. Wait, what, it, uh, uh, in reference to what? Oh, she's just, like, being very loud about, like, hating the music. Actually, I'm yeah. kind of mad at the entire family, because I just feel like... Yes, it's annoying, but Molly, it's like wartime. This is her one holiday tradition. Her whole family's there. Like, just let her have this. Let like, her have her. And also, this is like classic holiday Christmas music for the wizarding world. Right. It doesn't give you any kind of nostalgic joy. Like, she just wants some cool time with her family listening to Celestina. Like, I just don't understand why everyone's like so um, PO'd about it. Yeah. They can calm down. It's like three songs. <laughs> um, and then in reference to the Celestina, um, like how her and Arthur used to like dance to it and stuff. I was like, I just want to read like a fluffy little Arthur Molly prequel. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of those out there. I know. Uh, I was... Never mind. What? I was going to say I wanted an official one, but uh, I guess I don't. Yeah. I wish there had been an official one. Yeah, like a, a pre-revolution, revelation, pre-revelation uh, uh, one that was published on Pottermore. Um. Harry, Harry's both, like, so wrong and so right at the same time with this whole Snape Malfoy situation. Uh, and I love that he's, like, I was right to run, like, 12 times. That's how I would be. <laughs> like, if I were Harry, because they, like, really didn't believe him. Yeah. Like, this, he needs this. I needed it too. <laughs> but like the whole Snape caveat just makes it so interesting. And obviously we don't get that reveal for a long time, but. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting. Um, I, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I, yeah, I think it's up to Ron now to really like 
be supportive of Harry and work it out, help him because no one else in the order is going to. Yeah, I, that's one of my notes was, um, like, I think when Harry's trying to talk to Lupin and Arthur about it, like, he definitely sounds, like, childish about the Snape side. And yeah, the Snape, he goes about, I have that note, too. He goes about it the exact wrong way. Like, asking Lupin, don't, you don't like Snape either, <laughs> is not, like, gonna get through to Lupin. And I wish he had focused more on the Malfoy stuff and been, like, why was he trying to find out what Malfoy's up to? Like, right. Like, what is Malfoy up to then? Like, kind of regardless of Snape's role, whether he's, you know, helping Dumbledore or not, it's really about whatever Malfoy's up to. Right. Um, but I love that Lupin is, like, peeping. Like, there's, like, a line where it's, like, Harry started talking and then Lupin, like, turns a little towards him to listen to the conversation. <laughs> Lupin, stop eavesdropping. Just, like, be in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no one asked you to do that. Um. Okay, and then I have this note about Lupin being, like, you've inherited your dad's and Sirius's prejudice. And I was like, okay, but Harry had inherited that prejudice, helped out a lot by outright, like, torture from Snape. Like, I, I do think that Snape has a bias when it comes to Snape. However, it's not, like, a bias that he inherited from his dad. Like, Snape was bad to him first. Right, well, he inherited almost in that he inherited Snape's hate for James. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And, obviously, it was made worse by, like, how James and Sirius felt. But, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, we all remember book one. Like, right. so uncalled for. Completely uncalled for. <laughs> um. I think, in general, it's really ducked up what Big Daddy D has done to everyone's trust here, because Arthur and Lupin are all like, we trust Dumbledore, and that's it, and we're going to follow our, you know, mission or, you know, our revolution because we trust Dumbledore, and then technically they still, like, we're right to trust Dumbledore, but, like, the way that he leaves them in this bind at the end of this book, it's, like, um, like, blind faith in a religion, and, like, your religion is Dumbledore, and it's, like, well, if you have faith, like, you'll end up in heaven, basically. Like, that's kind of how I was thinking about right. it. It's like, but I'm gonna test you along the way, and it's, like, why would you test these, like, men and women that have stood up and, like, sacrificed everything for this mission. Obviously, Literally everything. Like, Lupin dies still thinking that uh, Snape is evil. Yeah. And that, like, he doesn't, like, that you didn't know where Dumbledore, like, you stopped trusting Dumbledore somehow. Or I guess they actually don't. They're like, oh, Dumbledore made a mistake, but it like, they stand by Dumbledore so hard on this, and it sucks that they don't know that they were right to do that. I think that does suck, but I actually take Dumbledore's side here. I think they've had holes and snakes before, and I think 
the Snape thing is too big to sacrifice it. So I think they have to not know. I think that has to be something that only Dumbledore and Snape know until Harry knows at the very end. I think I really do agree with keeping that particular secret. I I do too. And it was part of Snape's stipulation, which I mean, Snape didn't have a lot of grounds to make stipulations, but he said, if I'm doing this, I don't want anyone to know. And so I think Dumbledore is right. like protecting that agreement also. Uh, yeah, I just, right. I wish that they some, yeah, I, just, I guess I just wish that they somehow got peace and all of that. And maybe they don't even need it. Like they're such good. I think Arthur definitely got peace with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But like it hurts Lupin the most. It hurts Lupin. Um, I don't know. And obviously like Harry goes through his whole like wavering of like what Dumbledore meant and trust and all that stuff. But. Well, Harry has a right to be mad at Dumbledore. Yeah. But I think they all do in some way, even though like. Technically, he didn't betray them. And I don't think they even see it as a betrayal. Like, they just see Snape as a betrayal, but... Right. But I also think, in general, it's the grooming thing that makes me annoyed at Dumbledore. Like, it's the way he goes about gambling with Harry's life that is annoying. Like, that hit... Dumbledore not telling Lupin about Snape doesn't endanger Lupin's life. It doesn't, like... Yeah, I think it's also because Dumbledore doubles down. He's like, I trust, like he tells in this book, like, I trust Snape. I trust Snape, knowing that Snape is going to have to kill him and that Harry's going to know about it and that everyone's going to find out about it. Yeah. And I don't know if if Dumbledore's like trying to like be like, listen to the words I'm saying while I'm still alive and like know that I trust Snape, but like. How do you, like, prepare for... See- I mean, I know Dumbledore doesn't know that Harry's going to see it. Like, I don't think he planned on Harry witnessing it, but... I do think it's probably a way to, like, help the narrative of maybe him doubling down on I trust Snape is kind of his way of trying to warn them. Yeah. Like, hey... I trust Snape implicitly. Right. Maybe that is him trying to be like, no matter what happens, remember that I trust Snape. Right. He doesn't do anything that I don't want him to. Right. And like when he takes over the school, it's like, I trust him. Like that's what Dumbledore was hoping would happen. Like, right. Um. Yeah, it's it's real interesting. And obviously it's a much better story, like having the secrecy stuff and like things being revealed, but I just think of it so emotionally. <laughs> it makes me sad too. But Lupin is totally my compass on this whole Snape topic. Like what he's saying now, I'm like, yep, I'm following you. He did do that Wolfsbane potion and I do trust him because of that. <laughs> I... I don't know. I'm so team Harry. I think it's just like the righteous rightness of it all. Like it just annoys me when people don't trust Harry. But you trusted Snape. Huh? But you trusted Snape. Yes, I trusted him like after he killed Dumbledore. But here I'm like, 
Harry is telling you something is up. It's more about Malfoy, really. Like, yeah. the whole mystery. You're right. Like, I wish he had focused more on the Malfoy thing so that people would take him seriously about something happening. Because I'm like, Harry is right. Something is going on. We need to investigate it. Like, even if we trust Snape, this still warrants investigation. Right. But Snape clearly knows something. And if you don't know what that something is, then that's something that Snape isn't telling you. <laughs> right. Mr. Or, I mean, I'm not Or, Order member. Speaking of sad things, Lupin being like with my equals, speaking about the werewolves. Yeah. Um, well, when I was like, I'm glad we got this explanation about him not writing. Um, but also it was like underground, like in the closet. Rut row. <laughs> Poor Lupin. Disaster bisexual number one. Okay, I and then all of this lore about werewolves and them believing that Voldemort will uh, treat them better than and give them more rights than they have right now. It just reminds me of how much I love werewolves, werewolves in general, and I, like, my favorite fic to read right now are, like, werewolf fics. Like, I'm just really in a werewolf mood, so this chapter came in, like, a good time for me, because I was like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? What does, like, an underground, like, werewolf right. look like? What are the... You know, how does pack work? Like, what is up? I want to know it all. Yeah, like this avant-garde almost life of, like, talks about, like, being on the edge of things. Yeah, on the edge of society. Like, they have their own, like, government, governing system, rules, probably. probably. A little bit. Um, but I was like, oof, I forgot we didn't know about Grey uh, back yet. Like, I forgot that we were just learning about this for the first time. And I was like, it's, it's real so fucking dark. Sad. It's so sad. What so just to even, I mean, I know we're like past this being a children's book. But like this, like this is a really dark detail to be like, he positions himself outside of like children's rooms, basically to to get them and I'm like I mean it's it's obviously like important because we're gonna see Grey back later but it's like wow this is like really dark and then it's also like darker to know that Lupin's dad like offended Greyback so Greyback went after like Remus right I'm like we need more info on this though because you don't just like casually offend a werewolf like what did his dad do and like did he know what was gonna happen so a lot in fan fiction like a lot a lot so much so that I think we should check the wiki to see if JK Rowling has written something officially on uh Pottermore or something um a lot of fan fiction has it so that 
um, his dad, Lupin's dad, like works in the ministry and was working against like werewolf laws and rights. And I, that's what I was thinking. And so then Greyback um, targeted his son because his dad was like the head of that committee or right that was getting that law enacted rough you know like make the dad what make your son make his son what he feared what you were fighting against yeah um yeah just as on and I don't know if it's been like confirmed, but on Lyle, that's his dad, Lyle Lupin's page, uh-huh. um, that before the first Wizarding World, he was like called on for his expertise of dark creatures. And then he eventually joined the Department of Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. Um, oh, he married a muggle. Um, and that it was just in retaliation for a negative comment um, about. Lycanthropy that Lyle made. So, at least on this, the wiki, um, it doesn't go into like if he was like actually doing like work because I kind of feel like the way Lupin is as a person, like his dad was like a good, like his parents are like good people. Um, But I mean, obviously he did something. I mean, I think it's probably, like, unintentional, like, racism. Like, you can be a good person and still be, like... Right. Um, it's unsafe for blah, 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 X to be here. I think that's probably the story they're trying to tell. Yeah. Like, misunderstood werewolves in general because sure. some werewolves are like Greyback. But that doesn't mean that every werewolf is like right. Greyback. Not every wizard is Voldemort, Lyle Lupin. Right. And I'm sure that, no, well, I, I, I'm, like, talking myself out of what I just said, because clearly Lupin has so much, like, self-hate, like, that is, like, a learned trait, like, in so many ways. So. Yeah, a lot of fan fiction has that his dad doesn't do well after he changes. So. Yeah. Um. But I also just, yeah, but I mean, there is something about, like, the way Lupin is and, like, his, like, gentleness and, like, the way he approaches things, but. I think that's all his mama. Sure. Um, I'm willing to buy that. Loved her little werewolf son. Um. I I did need this like levity from Lupin though. He like makes fun of Harry. <laughs> He's like, um, well, one, you remind me of James, like my furry little problem. Yeah, I love that part. And then he was like, oh, do you want us to start calling you the Half-Blood Prince? <laughs> yeah, he was like, I would have I thought the chosen one would have been enough. I love it. So funny. And Harry's like, I'm not joking around. This is serious. This is serious. <laughs> um, what if 
Lupin did know that Snape went by the Half-Blood Prince, like, how would that have changed the trajectory of this book if, like, Harry found that out, like, at this point in the book? I think Harry would have just stopped using the Half-Blood Prince. (laughs) I just think it's so interesting. Yeah, I think Harry would have stopped using the book, and I think if in, like, uh, in defense against the dark arts any the next time like snape and him got into it harry would be like half-blood prince or prince or something like that that's what i think would happen if harry found out he would have definitely been like i know <laughs> i know what a prince half-blood prince and request that the half-blood prince get their abnormally large nose out of other people's business. Yeah, they were too busy calling him Snivellus. Snivellus. And then Lupin is also just like dragging Harry a little bit. He's like, um, have you checked when the book was like published? It was published? Maybe that'll give you a clue. As or issued or whatever he says. Yeah. And Harry's like, no, I've just been like, obsessed with whose it is but I haven't checked any facts about it I also love that he after this flips through the book and then goes to the first page Harry have you never read a book before you know that the (laughs) like how does he not know to find the year that it was made that he needs to go to the front of the book Harry Harry He's not used to these textbooks. Harry, I'm so upset. But I do love the detail that um, that it's in it's over 50 years old because obviously Snape can't afford a new book. I, I just think it's it's another little clever mystery thing. Yes, yeah, just like the Chamber of Secrets. I would have been like, oh my god, it's Voldemort's book. Like, that's what I yeah. would have assumed. He's dumb, though. Like, so. what happened 50 years ago? Also, um, I just can't wait for Jenny to call him out on, like, why are you listening to a book? Like, why, wait, or did, has she already done that? yeah. But we didn't think it, um, well, we liked what she said, but we were like, it's kind of different. It is different. Like, I like that he uses the Half-Blood Prince book, but I just think it's realistic that she has that reaction. Yeah. And now we get the best present ever given or received on this, on this journey. Really? That's where I am. You're looking for the joint gift. Oh. Which was last book. This is um, a dangling chain in large gold letters where the words, my sweetheart. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, when you said we received the best gift, I thought you meant that the best part of the book happened. And I was like, what are you talking about? Not okay, you meant a literal gift. I'm with oh. you now. A, a a gift of all gifts. The gifts of that that beautiful necklace. 
Laugh, laugh. He can't possibly think that I would want this. Harry is so funny here. He's like, um, you should definitely wear it in front of Fred and George. Classy. He's like, um, have you not mentioned to her that you wanted to wear a giant? And then Ron answers it seriously. <laughs> so sarcastic. I just, I love Sassy Harry so much. And we get so much of it in this chapter. Um, oh, Juan. Oh, Juan, Juan. What do you think Ron got lavender? Nothing good. I mean, he got Hermione that stanky-ass perfume. A pygmy puff would have been a great gift, Ron. That is a cute gift. But I doubt that's what he got her, so... Also a necklace that said my sweetheart. He did. I think he does. We'll see. He doesn't have Hermione there to give him advice, so it's definitely not good. Um, creature's gift though. Oh wait, before we get there. Um, I love that Harry leaves the McLagan uh, thing a little bit ambiguous even yeah. just to like make Ron sweat a little bit and he's like I don't want to get in the middle of this right exactly but yeah I like that he protects Hermione um, and her scheme and then Ron that's the second time you've mentioned Hermione in 10 minutes Interesting. Because right before Harry opens his gift from Creature, Harry's like, should I have gotten Creature something? And Ron's like, Hermione would have. So true, Alex. So true. Oh, I peeped it. But yeah, Creature's gift is disgusting. And like bold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really went for it. Um, maggots. Ew. And one was in his hair. And it was, ugh. And then they got, he opened them on the bed. I wouldn't sleep in that bed for a week. There are not enough Scorgifies in the world. Also, they can't use magic. So he didn't, like, magically remove those bugs. I don't want to think about it anymore. It, it makes me ill. You know what made me really happy? Forge spoiling their mom with these like jewelry and like a new hat. And I was like, this is the sweetest thing. I just love that they're like taking care of their mom like this. Me too. Look, oh, and she loves it too. I know. Um, I love that Jenny is like this little moment with Jenny where she like takes the maggot out of his hair and Harry is like having a full heart panic. <laughs> Don't think it's in his heart. I think it's somewhere else. In his business. A creature. Um, and then I have um, my next note says, yes, Mrs. Weasley, metal. 
I love this draw we're getting of like a sneak peek at Lupin and Tonks. Me too. And we don't even know what it is yet. Um, and it's like kind of sad, obviously, in this context. But I'm like, no, I'm here for I'm it. I'm here for it. I've never been so into Mrs. Weasley, like butting her nose in, as I am right now, where she's like, hmm. I invited Tonks over. It seemed like she was gonna be alone, so. Okay. Then, then Harry asking Lupin about Tugs. So funny. No idea. I mean, no we idea. didn't know either. Yeah, but it's just so funny re reading it. Like, Lupin just, like, focusing on eating his food. Um. So I'm at purse. Yeah, same. I can tell because my note just says I'm already pissed off. So my note was more like, obviously Percy sucks to start with. But I definitely don't think that he wanted anything to do with this plan. Like, I don't think that he instigated it. I don't think he wants to be there. And yes, like he could obviously be like, I'm not doing this and like put his foot down, but we know Percy's not going to do that. So, like, I wasn't like, oh, he gets a pass. But in this time, this time reading, I was like, I was really picking up on the fact that, like, he had no intention of going here. He did not want to be a part of this, like, minister's plan at all, in my opinion. I think he knew they were going. Oh, I well, yeah. I mean, I think the minister was like, we're doing this. And, like, I'm the minister of magic and I'm your boss. Yeah. I. I always have read it that way. I've never not read it that way. So I, it just is, so, it's so slight, like you have control over your own actions. He didn't have, like he, I think it's so obnoxious and horrible to do this to his mom and dad. Oh, like, for sure. Like I, so I don't even give him like that caveat that he didn't make it up as his idea. Like I would hope he's not a sociopath. I hope it's not his idea to go. I know, but before I thought like maybe he was like, oh, well, you know, Harry will be at my parents' house or like whatever. Oh, I never thought he did that because then I just would hate him way more than I do. But it, it does, this way gives me much less respect for him. Like, I would have more respect for him if he was like, oh, I, let me come up with this clever plan to, like, move me forward in my career. But instead, he just has no backbone to say, no, this is crossing the line. Yeah, which is, like, not very Slytherin of him. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I think that the fact that he just, uh, that he does it anyway is, it just... It makes me so angry. Yeah, because I don't, I guess it's like after the ministry's actually taken over that he realizes that he should maybe get out of there. Um, so I don't, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish at this point in his life because everything, every decision he's done is to be at the ministry and to have a job at the ministry and to, like, work his way up. But, like, yeah, he's not even, like, really using this situation to his advantage. No. He's, like, staying in his, like, menial position. And you know what? Like, we all have dreams. 
But if somebody asked me to do that to my family, I would never do that. But like, he's already like done everything. Like he's already like been like, you're not my family. Right. But he rub. it's like taking their open wound and rubbing it in the dirt. Like he knows what it'll mean to his mom and dad that he comes home. Mostly just Molly. Like mostly Molly. When, yeah. when he walks in the door, she's like, crying she's so happy it's fucked up yeah that I mean yeah like I said I'm not like giving him a pass or anything but I am trying to think about like he like clearly doesn't want to be there so like what was this like what is he thinking I guess like just I'm gonna do this because it's my job and like I've already given everything up for this job so I'm maybe, like, why would I quit now over this? Right. Maybe, or maybe he's, yeah, he's just like, I had to do it. Like I didn't have a choice because this is my job. And I'm like, wow, you're a spineless piece of shit. And you disgrace the name of Godric Gryffindor, you and uh, Wormtail. At least Wormtail made a choice. At least Wormtail actually did something. You are literally being passive about something that is hurting someone else. Yeah. Sorry, I just, it really upsets me. The other thing for me, like, the reason I wasn't, like, so irate with Percy is because I was so irate with Scrimmager the whole time. Like, the whole conversation with Harry. But Scrimmager, like, is a politician, and he has no emotional attachment to the situation. No, I don't think about that. I just was getting so upset about the the conversation that Scrimmager was having with Harry that I was more focused on that. Yeah, I do get upset with Scrim. Don't like I. I'm equally. I'm not equally mad, but I am mad at Scrimmager. But I do think Scrimmager is behaving in his wheelhouse. Like I'm not shocked by it. I'm not like, oh, I'm surprised that another minister behaved this way. Like he's right. a corrupt politician, Harry. I, but I guess I got more angry with Percy in the last book than I did in this moment. Like, to me, this isn't, like, the, like, worst thing that he's done. Like, I think the stuff from, some of the stuff in the fifth book was way worse. I think. I just, I felt more, like, viscerally angry in the fifth one at Percy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a, I think it's just a combination of the two. Like, it just builds. Like, this might not be the worst thing that he does, but for me, it's the one that hits me the most just because it's such a, like, visceral emotional reaction from Molly. It's it's because of what we see happen in the last book that this feels like such a betrayal because he knows... He knows what he's doing. It's like turning the knife, yeah. yeah. I I totally hear what you're saying. I just... Like, when he sends that letter to Ron, like, whew, or even just the scene with Dumbledore and the, like, in, like, those were just so, and maybe because he was taking more action in those, I was like, like, yeah, I, I see how this is, like, also worse because it's passive. It's hard to compare the two. Right. I just think he's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And the more I think about it, the more I want to get so angry at that person who was, like, mad at me for comparing what Percy does to what Draco does in that fan fiction I wrote one time. I just, 
it makes me like I feel so justified every time I think about it can you remind people because I don't know if you've told I have talked about it on here before just I'm sure I have because it makes me angry but in um in a fan fiction um it's when Harry and Draco are first starting to date and Ron is giving Harry like understandably like a hard time about it and Hermione's like okay well we have to give him a chance because like people can change and Ron's like he was like blah 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 death eater da, da, da. and Hermione was like well I sit next to Percy at the table even though he stood by the ministry when they were uh killing muggleborns and taking their wands so I think that we can all like give people a little bit of leniency and change. And so then this person commented on that chapter, like, I love this fic until I came to this part. I can't believe you would compare what Draco does to what Percy does. They're not the same thing. Um, I won't be reading anymore. And I was like, well, because they think what Percy did was worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what you're, is that what you're thinking? I was like, no, they're very different. Also, are you a dreary fan? Why would, like, I don't know why they took such a strong stance. You mean like, a Percy fan? No, well, I meant, like, are you a dreary fan? Like, I don't know why a dreary fan would be, like, I think I was giving. No, I, I, was being, I was kidding about, like, did they think Percy was worse? Like, they're clearly upset that yeah. you put Percy on the same level as Draco, I guess. In a lot I know, of ways, that's in a what they ways, I think Percy can be worse. Like they they Where? are very equal to me in terms of their crime. No, but I meant this person that was commenting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know um, how you feel. <laughs> is it clear is it clear listeners how I feel about the situation? Yeah. But, yeah. That's I, insane though that that I, I, you have definitely told this story, but like just hearing it again, I was like, that's just insane that that person would be like, I'm not reading this because of that one thing. I was like, bye, see you later. No, I wasn't. I, I like wrote out a very decent, like long response about my reasoning and what I did. And I basically was like, laid out the facts that I was like, people who are, um, who are apathetic about like racism and prejudice are just as guilty as people who are actively perpetuating it. Also, he was active. Yeah, like Like, he stood by a government, was a part of a party who was watching, you know, like I was like, look, not today. (laughs) Not in this Trump America. You (laughs) You can leave with that, okay? Because I'm not here for it. Percy is guilty and Hermione does have to sit at a table with him and forgive him. And I'm sure it's not a pleasant experience or it wasn't at the beginning. And thank God that she's so forgiving. If all, only we could all be like Hermione, honestly. Hard agree. <laughs> um, well, you've sold me on... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like. Go no, I mean, I think it's good because 
why are, well, I know you aren't anymore, but like, why are we trying to like find a pass for Percy? Because he's a Weasley, like, yeah, you know, like, cause in the beginning, like we were like, we're going to try and like see the good in Percy, which I'm not saying like in earnest, that's like a bad thing, but it, at a certain point it is like, why, like, like I went through the same journey with JK Rowling. Like at what point do you stop making excuses for this behavior? No, you're right. No, it's a very similar. Um, and at some point you just can't anymore and you just have to say, nope. Um, unfortunately we have to let go. And see what, you know, there's like some quote about like, um, if people are telling you that they're like a bad person, like, listen, like, don't like try and find, like, if they're telling you like something. Yeah. JK Rowling is looking you dead in the eye and saying, I am a bigot transphobe, then say, okay, and walk away from her. Yeah. (laughs) Run. Percy's like, I stand with the ministry. I see you. I see you. Leave. Here's some food I'm going to throw at you. On your way out. On your way out. You ruined Christmas. How dare you? After the whole Celestina thing, like. Okay, but like, just getting us back a little bit. Good for Harry for immediately knowing what's what about Scrimmager. He doesn't hesitate. He's like, I know what you're about. I'm so proud of Harry in this whole scene. Me too. I have so many lines that are like, uh, I am so, so proud of him. Like, he's my child. I'm so proud of him. I, I like, gush about him in this chapter. Like, this scene is such a bad look for Scrimmager, first of all. And, like, I put him, like, an iota above Fudge because, like, Fudge is just the worst. Yes. But I also do think this is a good tactic for the ministry. Like, whereas Fudge I thought was stupid, I do think that if the like the 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 wizarding world as a whole will trust the ministry more if Harry backs them. So I don't think Harry should go along with it, but I do give Scrimmager a little more respect than Fudge because he understands the game. Yeah, but I was kind of wondering, so one, like, at least when we first kind of are introduced to Scrimmager, he doesn't strike me as, like, the kind, I know he is a politician, but, like, he doesn't strike me as somebody that would be, like, that concerned about public opinion when there's a war going on. Because he was the head of the Auror department, you would think that he'd be, like, kind of single-mindedly focused on, like, we're gonna do, like, like, hoorah, like, let's go after Voldemort and not really be worried about this, like, public opinion side of things, because is that really the problem, is that people don't trust the ministry, and therefore they're going to be, like, turned by Voldemort, because I I don't know if that's really what's happening. I don't think it's, like, where they think people are gonna turn to Voldemort, but I think it's one of those things where it's, like, right now, there are a lot of people in America that don't trust our government, So if we were to go to war right now with another country, like, I don't know anyone in our friends that would want to, like, 
sign up or help or contribute. So I think it's more like public opinion needs to be higher, especially with everything that just happened with Fudge and with Voldemort. Like, I think the ministry has lost a lot of credibility and there's probably just like a low approval rating type of thing. I guess. But I do see what you're saying where you think like the head of the order department would go about it differently. Because this was a fudge idea from the beginning. That's what fudge says in the first chapter. Yeah. I guess I'm also like, I don't think, I feel like the people are always behind the ministry because we saw everyone turn against Harry last year because they believed the ministry. And so I just assume that they continue had a big L. The ministry said that Harry wasn't trustworthy. The ministry said that Voldemort wasn't back. And now people, the tides have turned and people are like, Harry is the chosen one. Trust Harry. Don't trust the ministry. Like Harry was right all along. I think that's like the narrative that's being happened. That's happening right now. Where like if Harry, and this is what um, Scrimmager is worried about. It's a similar thing that Fudge was worried about that Dumbledore and Harry are going to team up and they're going to have their own, like, we're going to stop Voldemort team and people are going to be way more in support of that and the ministry will lose everything. Like, the, basically, like, against the Order of the Phoenix. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, I see that for sure. Like, or, like, wanting Harry to, like, be the joining force of, like, the Order of the Phoenix and yeah. the ministry, because Dumbledore is obviously not going to do that. Right. Um. Yeah, that makes more sense on, like, kind of also, like, not wanting to seem weak um, to Uh the enemy, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I I just don't think it's, like, necessarily for public opinion's sake. There's more, I'm hoping there's more strategy to it, because otherwise it's, like, what's the point of that? It does feel like there's strategy involved. I don't get the impression that he's, like, doing this lightly kind of thing. Yeah, because he's putting a lot of energy into it. A lot of energy into it. Although I, he's like, he's an interesting kind of guy, right? Like going about it this way, where he's like, I don't know if you are the chosen one, but let's go with that because that's what the people think you are, right? Like, well, I think that just stems from him underestimating Harry because he basically says, like, I don't need to explain myself to you. You're a child. He just right, knows. But that is not the way that I would come. Well, that would be angry at that point. Like, he's. No, that's him. the first thing he says. Like, when they're walking together, he starts out his conversation by being like, everyone's been saying you're the chosen one, whether that's true or not true. Because I think he doesn't believe it. Right. That's fine that he doesn't believe it. I just, like, that's not the way to get someone to do what you want by, like, insulting them. It's so interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, that that was, like, the rudest, like, most awful thing you could say to somebody is basically, like, I don't care if you are or, like, it doesn't matter if you are or not. It's, like, it like matters who you are. and they're like and he's like oh what did you do defeat Voldemort like four times now very impressive I'm like who are you are you trying to ask Harry for a favor right now and he does, you're going like, about it the wrong way that's what I mean like I don't think he wants to use Harry he doesn't trust Harry 
He thinks he's a kid. He's like, this is like embarrassing that I have to grovel to this teenager and it's my only option. Like, yeah, it must be, he must be getting pressure to do this. He must be like pressured by other people in like the cabinet or whatever to like do this. And he must not want to do it because he's not like doing it in a way that is going to like leave him with a success. So I think he doesn't know Harry. So he's like trying to find a way in and he's obviously just doing it really badly. Like he's thinking that Harry will do it for like the good of doing it, which is like, but doesn't even explain like what the good of doing it is like just raising morale, which is like why I'm kind of like, that's, it just seems weird. Like this just seems like a, a weird plan and not worth all the time and energy that you're putting into it. Because he, he just sees him as a child, which has been the ministry's whole thing this whole time, is, like, no one respects Harry. Right. Uh, I mean, that happened earlier in this chapter, but. Um, would it seem like I approve of what the ministry is up to? Because I don't approve of what the ministry has been doing as of late. Queen. <laughs> when... I mean, I don't know what Scrimmager knows about what's happened previously, but the fact that he brings up Umbridge's name is insane to me. And also, like, I I know Harry does say that I must not tell lies thing, but I wish Harry had said what he thought in his head about, like, you're employing Dolores Umbridge after everything that happened. Yeah. Like, insane. Insane. Also, I see what she ends up doing. And I'm so glad Harry calls him out, like, at every, like, he takes Scrimmager's face and smacks it into the ground. <laughs> so embarrassing. He puts sneak on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, and he does it in such a mature way. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't just, get angry. Yeah, he literally just kills him with his words and just straight up honesty. And he, and I have that note too, where I'm like, he just sounds so mature. He sounds like a grown man who knows himself. Like he was like. Um, a giant oak tree with all of his shade. Truly, truly. And would one say it is your duty to, um, to really make sure someone is guilty before um, throwing them in jail? wouldn't you say that wouldn't you say that yeah I would Harry good for you like he just he just got him and I just I was waiting and you know I like knew what was gonna happen this in this part but I was like waiting for this like line at the end where it was like I don't remember you rushing to my defense when I was trying to tell everyone Baltimore was back the ministry wasn't so keen to be pals last year like because that that is the righteous anger right there it's like how dare you how dare you after everything you put me through and yes and the umbrage thing is horrendous and then and then he says just to like really throw some dirt on him you might have noticed he's not minister anymore but dumbledore is still headmaster drag him drag him i just i'm glad we straightened that out harry 
mic drop. I, I mean, I, and then he walked away. I bow down to him. He's like, you have no power over me. Yeah, like, absolutely not. This was a joke. I'm sorry. I, my, I wasn't even meant to take this meeting. <laughs> I have another call coming in. It's Dumbledore. He doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to you. I do like the la the scene we get in the next book with Scrimmager and the Will too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really hated Scrimmager in this chapter, but I do like some of the scenes we get with him and the juxtaposition of him with Fudge is like really interesting. And obviously like what he does when he dies is like a big, a big plus in his favor. Yeah. I and don't, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't think Scrimmager is a bad person. This is why he like, I don't mind him as much as I mind Percy. I just think he's like a corrupt politician. Like I don't like him, but I'm not like rooting for him. But I think all in all, he does have the best interest of the community in mind like he yeah. does want to defeat Voldemort like he's not he's moving toward that it's not selfish the way Fudge is right I just all the stuff with the ministry like for me it just like brought up so much anger from like last book and stuff whereas like the Percy thing I'm like I know who you are by now like you've shown yeah. your colors already so like to me it wasn't like surprising I guess that he came and I was like yeah. Like, yes, it's awful what he's doing to Molly, but, like, I wasn't really thinking that much about that as yeah. much as, like, the, like, just the how dare he part for Scrimmager was worse because, like, this is the first time Harry's meeting him and that we're really meeting him other than, like... It's really bold. It's really, like, oh, oh, you did that? All right. Yeah, like, okay. you've built zero trust with this person. He has no reason to trust you. Like, it... Yeah. It's incredible. Like, I just, I was more outraged for Harry's sake in this book than I was for, like, the Weasley family. Yeah. I mean, I guess it also helps relieve some of it that, like, Scrimmager doesn't get a word in edgewise. Like, Harry, like, puts him in his place, so I feel that relief. Yeah. So I, like, satisfaction. I, I think part of it is that, like, uh, this scene makes me so happy because Harry like wins from every direction. Yeah, he's, like, he he definitely. Me, I love yeah. listening to this part. Like it doesn't make me as angry because I just feel like we won. I mean, I like would get angry and then Harry would say what I was thinking. I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> good for yeah, you. Right. Like the Weasleys don't get that satisfaction of Percy. Like I feel like they never do, and right. it's. Like, it does suck for sure. But, yeah, I think I just wasn't, like, spending my energy on Percy. <laughs> yeah. I only have so much to give out. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. That's true. Not even worth it. Um, I didn't have a quiz question. I did. But okay. you're going to get it correct. What two Celestina Warbeck songs play in this chapter? 
um, a cauldron full of hot, strong love. And won't you be my something? Yeah, it's Valentine. Oh, no. It's something about a heart. I couldn't write because I was taking notes while I was at work today. So I couldn't write it down quick enough. You charmed the heart right out of me. Yeah. And a cauldron full of hot, strong love. Yeah. Yeah, you were right on that one. You charmed the heart right out of me. These don't seem like Christmas songs, though. No. Um, but I still think Molly deserves this. Yes. Agreed. This time. Let her have her song. Again, it's her house. <laughs> Um, who was your rat? Uh, so I gave it to Scrimmager. I gave it to Percy, obviously. They both obviously, deserve it. They both although, deserve it. I, although I did go back and forth about my rat. So, like, clearly I was angry at Scrimmager because I was like, is it Percy? Is it Scrim, 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 Scrimmity, Scrim, Scrimmity? My yeah. champ is obviously Harry. Same. That's two champs in a row. I know. Um, I gave it 115 points. I gave it 145 points. I'm, I'm really liking all the juiciness we're getting lately. Yes. You know what I thought about just now? Yes. We should um, keep a tally of not points, but like who is our champ for each chapter. And then um, whoever comes up, whose name comes up the most, we should have like a rat of the book and a champ of the book. I actually do. So I do my post-it notes, but I save my renames, my haikus and my points and rats and stuff each time okay I think I could go back and find most of mine too maybe not every single week but I can definitely find most of mine and we could kind of like you just want to do it for this book yes because I definitely don't have them for the other I probably have them for the fifth I don't know about the others but um, I just leave, yeah, I leave those two in my book for like, for some reason, I'm like, what if I want to look at that exact reason? So no, it's so it's good. But I, I also wanted, wanted to keep the rename in the haikus for whenever I reread these and I just come across them. Just like, if you ever want to know what this chapter is about, here's what I thought when we were doing the pod. Um, my, I forgot if we did this last chapter about a tattoo idea, but my tattoo idea for this one, we didn't talk about it, but was the gnome as an angel on top of the Christmas That would be a really good uh, tattoo idea. Um, Otherwise, you've got that sweet necklace, my sweetheart. My sweetheart. Mine is uh, maybe like 
a werewolf Lupin, like how they're describing Tonks's uh, Patron. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if we gave that enough attention, but when Harry, you we were you were talking about it, but like Harry's like yeah, like big and on all fours. I'm like you've seen Lupin trans. You've seen Lupin. You're describing him to him. Lupin's like I'm just gonna keep eating. I wonder um, who that is. Yeah, I'm sorry if I didn't respond. I was like preparing for the Percy discussion. Yeah. Um, in my head, I guess, but, um, all right, next chapter is chapter 17, A Sluggish Memory. Ooh, we're, we're there already. Well, we get the, the foggy one. Yes. We get the pincers. No, not yet. That's what I mean. They watch oh, the one right, that's right, been, right, like, right. pampered oh, this with. is the, like, Dumbledore one. You're right, you're yeah. right. Um, yeah, that one's not for a little while, I don't think. Yeah, I was like, that seems fast. Um, well, stay magical, y'all. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum 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 bum.